Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Mike Jones is the best. He's so flexible. Um, I think we teased that he was going to be on at noon on social media. Why was that? Well, because that's what I told Denton. Uh, That's what I said. I said I booked Mike Jones for noon, which Mike also agrees with because I did. But then I thought it was 11. Um, And everybody thinks I'd be great at managing the clock in the timeout situation uh, if I had that job. I would probably suck at it. Who knows? Uh, All right. Uh, Mike joins us right now. Of course, now Mike works for The Athletic, covered this team for years. You can follow him. On Twitter, at by Mike Jones. Uh, so many things to get uh, to on, especially, you know, the NFL playoffs and the fallout potentially in places like Dallas and Philadelphia. But let's start with here. Uh, what do you make of the hiring of Adam Peters? And what do people around the league make of it? Well, he's a guy that has been regarded around the league as probably the top candidate this year and this year's general manager crop um you know so not just here there are a lot of people around the league who felt like hey if you can get your hands on this guy he's been working under john lynch uh there in san francisco for a number of years uh was you know viewed as a guy that is going to bring similar philosophies on how to build a team how to install and instill a winning culture um and so this was definitely a hire that i feel like the last time we had optimism like this was when they hired Scott McLuhan, even though with the Scott McLuhan, you knew that he had had some personal things in the past or whatever here. But this year, this one here, I haven't heard a single bad thing or questionable thing or a little bit of a roll of a dice or anything like that about this hiring here. This was really, I mean, the best thing that has happened to this franchise since Joe Gibbs came out of retirement. Uh, as far as what I, I mean, aside from Dan Snyder selling the team, but as yeah. far as a hiring goes, this is probably a slam dunk of a hire just based on where he's been, what his philosophies are and the track record on evaluating talent and how much he was respected in San Francisco as well. Yeah. Look, you covered this team during the height of its, you know, dysfunction and toxicity. And you know what the, you know, what this place was for a quarter century under, under Dan Snyder. I think a lot of us uh, have really highlighted the fact that this is clearly a reflection of a new day, Mike, because a guy like Adam Peters over the last five to 10 years, you know, after it became clear that all he has is money to offer you, um, and even that changed, that he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have, have even taken an interview with this team a year ago. Yeah, I, I don't think he would have. I mean, he, you never know. He could have maybe interviewed just to, you know, just to go through the process. But he wouldn't have picked uh, here. But I don't think, right, I don't think he would have seriously considered it here just because, you know, a guy with that type of a reputation with the upside and, you know, the, the glowing reviews, he would know, okay, hey, well, something better is going to come. I don't have to settle because that was the way Dan Snyder did get people to come work for him. Because people were like, man, I really want this opportunity. And you never know when the next opportunity is going to go. Well, this situation where this is a guy who, you know, had options. Uh, he had other teams that were interested in him, um, you know. And so so it is definitely it's different. Um, there's a freshness. There's a newness. Again, 
I mean, this is something that's probably, I don't know that it'll ever happen again as far as a new owner, a new general manager, a top two pick, new head coach. It's really as fresh a start as you could possibly get uh, for this franchise. Yeah, I pointed out, not new owner necessarily, but in 2017, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, the number two pick, and no quarterback. Um, They ended up trading to number three with Chicago so that they could take Trubisky. And uh, the reason being is they thought they had a really good chance of getting Kirk Cousins. But, of course, you know, the the petulant uh, owner and and team president at the time was never going to trade Kirk to the Shanahan's, um, as we know. But, um, yeah, uh, it's a clean slate. So what do you think Adam Peters will do at head coach? You know, I'm not sure. Um, you know, we've heard Ben Johnson uh, mentioned. Uh, I guess they have some connections there. Uh, but I did like what he said as far as, look, he's not putting it in a box. It doesn't matter if he's an offensive guy, a defensive guy. He wants the strongest leader. Um, and I think that a lot of times uh, teams do make that mistake of, oh, I want this. I mean, that's what happened in Carolina. David Tepper was just hell-bent on getting an offensive guy because he knew he was going to draft you know, a quarterback, and he wanted an offensive guy married to that quarterback. And look, it looks like Frank Reich was not the right fit, or maybe just the circumstances there. But there have been plenty of times that teams are just locked in, oh, we need uh, the next Sean McVay, or we need um, this type of guy, instead of just saying, hey, let's evaluate a guy based on his, his leadership ability um, and, and trust that that guy is going to put – quality guys around him, whether it's an offensive coordinator who can work with a quarterback or whether it's a defensive coordinator um, to run the defense while he focuses on the offense. I don't know yet uh, who he's going to go after. Again, Ben Johnson has been mentioned there, and he is a guy that um, is regarded as one of the top um, candidates out there, Uh, certainly the top offensive candidate that's out there. We know that he's requested interviews with some other guys, including Raheem Morris, um, you know, who's got some familiarity here as well. Uh, but it's going to be very intriguing uh, to see how this all plays out. Because also, you know, and, you know, the thing with Morris, Morris is very close to Kyle Shanahan. Um, and, you know, Peters, having been there with Shanahan, he wants to find somebody that he can collaborate with. He spoke about that there. So um, definitely an interesting uh, decision coming up here. And, um, you know, I don't know how it's going to play out, but I, I feel like, you know, sometimes you see teams hire a guy and you're kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. I feel like whatever hire he's going to make, I think we're going to wind up saying, oh, I see what he's going for there. This makes a lot of sense. Talking to Mike Jones, uh, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. So as of now, Carolina, Vegas, Chargers, Falcons, Titans, Seahawks, Washington. I think I have the current list of openings will there be more specifically dallas and philadelphia um i don't know about philadelphia i would be more surprised if dallas comes open than i would philadelphia really um yeah i mean look jerry jones has said it that basically he was going to evaluate mccarthy based on the last game and you know just because he didn't fire him monday didn't fire him yesterday doesn't mean that he won't. I mean, look. Oh, I had... misunderstood your answer. My, 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 I thought you were saying it would be more surprising to you if Dallas came open. 
No, no, I was saying I'd be more surprised if they if Sirianni got fired in Philadelphia. Got, got it. Yeah, Dallas. no, no, no. I, 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 I agree with you. So let's talk about Dallas. You expect it right. to happen, yes? I think so. Um, I, I don't know how you can look at that and you know three straight twelve in seasons. It's great, but then getting into the playoffs and look, they won a playoff game last year. But man, that that Bucks team was old. Everybody was, you know, basically was, you know, they were hanging by a thread. Uh, that was not a quality win there. Nope. Um, and then, you know, they had a bad loss, the, you know, the week after that. Um, and then, you know, that was just an awful loss uh, the other day. And so I don't know how you look at this and say, oh, yeah, you know what? Mike McCarthy can still take us to another level. I, I think that this is the ceiling of what you're going to get with him. And if you're Jerry Jones, who has invested, I mean, he's got, a, a quality team right there that he has put together. He and his son have put together. They've got a really good defense. They've got, you know, 15 pro bowlers on that team. Um, there's no way you should have been blown out in the first round of the playoffs. If you could not get that team to show up and, and compete, you, you shouldn't be a head coach. And so that's why I feel like he's probably going to uh, make a move right there. All right. So who, if it happens, who will be the next head coach for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys? I don't know, but I think if I were him, I'm calling Bill Belichick um, and saying, hey, you know, he already took a backseat to Bill Parcells uh, when Bar- Parcells is here because people are like, oh, man, could they really coexist? I mean, he stayed out of the way of Parcells um, and let him coach. If you want somebody to take a very talented team and tighten these screws and get everything fine-tuned and ready for a championship run, I I don't know why you wouldn't um, consider Belichick. He would be um, the the, the guy I would call if I were Jerry Jones. I'm curious if you have um, the same reaction. Belichick interviewed in Atlanta, and then there were reports today that Atlanta is interviewing Harbaugh. So I'm wondering if, A, it either didn't go well, which I can't imagine, or B, Belichick isn't giving them an answer because Dallas is a possibility. Um, that's possible, but also, you know, also if you're Belichick, at least the way things were run in New England, he had, you know, personnel say. Uh, he had the final call on that. Now they have a general manager that they just hired, you know, was it last year or two years Terry ago? Terry Fontenot. Um, yeah. Um, you know, so I don't know that if you've got a new GM and he's working on putting this thing together that he's going to be like, oh, okay, well, you know what, I'll, I'll take a backseat. Now, no, he, he has a vision that he wants to see through. So that's a possibility there. Um, uh, but I just from what I've heard, it doesn't sound to me like Belichick is going to be the type of guy that Atlanta wants. Uh, just from what I've heard, yes, I know he interviewed. Um, and, you know, Maybe they're doing all their due diligence, interviewing every top candidate there. But if I'm Belichick, yeah, I'm not rushing uh, to make a decision because I'm going to wait and see what happens with these other jobs. So predict where Belichick lands. Either Dallas or maybe a team like, you know, San Diego, San Diego, L.A., the Chargers. Okay. Um, because, look, that's a team with a really good defense already. I don't see Belichick taking a reclamation project. Um, he wants Don Shula's record. He, you know, you don't have a whole lot of time here. Uh, he's, you know, over 70. You've got a team with a really good defense, two bookend pass rushers, um, you know, playmakers at every level. You've got a young franchise quarterback. You just need to go in there and fine-tune some things. That would make a whole lot of sense right there. And then, obviously, Dallas, they've got a roster that can compete with any team in the league there. 
and, you know, just need somebody to kind of really put them in that mode of being able to compete and having the mental toughness. And I think maybe that's what's been missing with this team. Are the Raiders going to stick with Antonio Pierce? It sounds like it. It sounds like that there's, there's been pressure. I mean, if you have your top defensive player, Max Crosby, saying that he's going to request a trade if you don't hire him, um, then, you know, that carries some weight right there. Uh, but even before this, you know, it, it, the word was was that Mark Davis was kind of regretting that he didn't hire Rich Passaccia, who all the players really respected when he was the interim coach after John Gruden, and he didn't want to make the same mistake again. And from the sounds of things, Antonio Pierce is kind of talking to people almost like he expects that this job is his. Um, I've told everybody else this, but I'll tell you this too. The, the minute he got named interim coach, Cooley called me and said, just a prediction, Antonio Pierce is the head coach moving forward beyond interim. He hadn't even coached the first game, which I think was against the Giants. He said that he he's one of the most respected teammates he's ever had, one of the smartest and one of the most natural leaders of any right. teammate that he ever had. And they clearly feel that way about him in, in Vegas. Yes, yes. And that leadership ability, you know, because um, didn't talk to Cooley, but had heard from other guys who had, had played with him, had coached with him, who, who talked about just the way he is, the way he can communicate, the way he connects with guys, inspires them to lead. Um, and so I think that that is definitely going to be the guy there. But you also see why other teams are calling and have interviewed him because they um, have heard the same things and want uh, an opportunity themselves. So if he stays in Vegas and Belichick ends up in you, your prediction is L.A. with the Chargers, where does Harbaugh land? That one's another interesting one because Harbaugh between Belichick or, or, or Harbaugh were the two guys that I felt like made sense for um, for the the Chargers. Right now, because and part of that's because the Bears decided not to fire uh, Matt Overflus because I felt like Harbaugh would have been a good uh, spot there. He also had been linked to the Raiders, but again, it sounds like Antonio Pierce is going to be the guy there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, but you know, there, there's when you're looking at the teams that are closest to competing right now, Dallas and the Chargers are the closest ones. Now, a lot of people feel like Atlanta's roster is very good. It's young, uh, but a lot of talented players, they play hard, they need a quarterback, and they just needed um, a better coach. So, um, you know, Harbaugh is interviewing there. Would that appeal to him? I don't know. Uh, but last week I sent a text blast to a bunch of coaches, a bunch of coaches' agents, and a lot of people ranked that Atlanta job as like a top three job out there. Yeah, you, you've got a column out there that you just put out today ranking – the teams that didn't make the playoffs uh, in the order of most likely to make it next year. We'll get to that in a moment. But the guy that's out there that we haven't talked about that I personally would really hope Washington ends up interviewing, it, because I think he's an outstanding coach, is Vrabel. So where do you right. think Vrabel lands? You know, I had thought as soon as, as soon as he was done, even before the season was over, it seemed like, hey, he would be a great fit in New England, um, but that didn't happen. Um, and, you know, they were ready. You know, they already had it lined up for uh, Gerard Mayo. Uh, I don't know where, where Vrabel goes. Um, you know, Atlanta, again, that's another uh, appealing opportunity right there, but they need a quarterback. 
Um, they had, obviously Arthur Smith had been there in Tennessee with him. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, is he a guy that would be attractive enough for Jerry Jones to get rid of Mike McCarthy for? He's not an offensive guy. Um, he's a defensive guy, but he gets his team to play hard. He's a strong leader. Um, he's another guy that's, that's very intriguing. Um, Seattle is another spot that you think, okay, they're quality team. They're just, you know, they, they have a couple things that they need there. I would imagine that that'd be another spot that'd be appealing. Cause I don't know that Vrabel, it sounded like he kind of, you know, grew fatigued here um, in, in Tennessee with the way things are going. And I don't know if he wasn't up for a rebuild. I can't see him going to a team that needs to do a whole type of rebuild. All right, so you put a column out this morning ranking the 18 teams that missed the playoffs and the likelihood uh, in order of those 18 most likely to least likely of making the playoffs in 2024. Some of the, you know, at the top of your list are obvious ones like Cincinnati, Jacksonville, the Chargers, obviously the Jets with Aaron Rodgers if he's back, et cetera. Um, But you had Washington pretty far down the list. So Houston went from... A similar situation, terrible team, number two pick. They got the quarterback right. They're still playing right now. Green Bay and Tampa are still playing. Nobody had that, obviously, before the season started. So out of the 18 teams that didn't make it, where did Washington rank on your list of likelihood of making it next year? You know, I don't have them very likely just because I think that this thing is going to take some time. Um, You know, you have some pieces, but look – you need an offensive line to put in front of whoever your quarterback is, whether this is a quarterback you draft top two um, or not. Uh, you know, offensive line was an issue this year, um, this past year. I mean, I know you had a young quarterback who held on the, quarter, the ball a little bit long. Uh, but, yeah, so you need a quarterback. You need an offensive line. You do have the money. You have the draft picks and you have the cap space uh, to build uh, and reload kind of quickly. But I just think that it's going to take a little time. And remember – Look, it didn't happen overnight for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Um, you know, and and Peter said, look, they're going to build through the draft, and that means being patient. And so, you know, we might not see them right away jump right back up because I don't think that they are one piece away. Um, you know, I think it's maybe, maybe if it's not next year, maybe the year after that. Again, yes, something can happen, can be surprising. Again, we didn't expect it with Houston, but they did have some veterans. They had, a, you know, a decent offensive line. Um, and they did a good job of bringing in veterans uh, to, to integrate with their young players. So it's possible. Uh, but I just think, you know, not this, you know, 2024, probably 2025. I'm not going to hold you to it because I know we'll talk uh, at least uh, a couple of times between now and the NFL draft. But what would be your guess right now with Washington at number two? Well, I mean, it kind of depends on who's at number one. Um if Chicago stays, because Chicago can do a couple of different things there. They can stay and draft Caleb Williams and, and deal um, Justin Fields, or they can stay and, you know, maybe they get a Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, to give a really dynamic weapon for Justin Fields, um, or they could trade down. So it kind of just depends on what they do. If, if say they stayed and took um, uh, and took, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, or, or somebody else other than a quarterback, then Washington's got to snatch up Caleb Williams. Um, you know, I, I think they have to take the best quarterback possible. Now, again, you possibly, if you have somebody that's rated kind of similar to Drake May, you could maybe look about moving back a space uh, or two 
Because if there's a team, you know, like San Francisco helped themselves when Chicago wanted to move up one spot. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but we do know they have a GM that believes in building uh, with, with picks and stockpiling picks because that's what San Francisco has done. But for me, if it's me, I'm pulling the trigger on the best available quarterback. Uh, so that way you get that very crucial franchise uh, piece. Because, look, if you're middle of the pack, it's really hard to find that guy. And, you know, that's been the situation for Washington the last several years. They aren't in position to grab one of the top quarterbacks. This is a rare opportunity for them right here. Um, and so it uh, looks like it would be a good move to me. Don't you think the firing of Luke Getze and the quarterback's coach is an indication that they're they're not going to put Justin Fields through another change in that area, that they're going to take Caleb Williams? No, I mean, not necessarily, because, look, Justin Fields definitely came on the second half of the year. I agree. And, really, and, and maybe you're looking at this like, you know what? This kid wasn't positioned properly. Um, there, were, there were struggles here with the play calling that weren't supporting him. And maybe they were looking and like, okay, look, we've invested in this kid right here. As we saw in Houston right there, if you have the right play caller uh, to really position a young quarterback for success, he can grow. And we saw him down the stretch of the season really start to making some improvements. Um, and so, you know, you're keeping your head coach. Uh, you made a change at offense. So maybe you know that there's another offense coordinator that can get more out of Justin Fields. So I wouldn't say necessarily that it looks like absolutely they're drafting uh, Caleb Williams. Uh, I think that you have options there still. By the way, uh, if you didn't mention this and I didn't follow up, 16th is where Mike had Washington ranked among the 18 non-playoff teams' likelihood chances of making the postseason next year. All right, uh, let's finish up with this upcoming weekend. And I will say, At, let me just say real quick also, when I did those rankings and filed that story was Friday before Dallas went to bed and um, Philly did as well. So, I mean, if Philly has changes – there's nothing to say that they're, you know, jumping right back into the race for the, you know, NFC East. And so then the division's wide open. It but was, I still do feel like Washington, I still think that they're more than just um, one draft and free yeah. agency away from being in the playoffs. As a columnist, as a reporter, as a writer, what's give me the storylines for the four games this year, this weekend that you're interested in. Well, I mean, I'm definitely interested. I'm, I'm going to Detroit. The Lions have me very intrigued. Um, you know, we all like looked at each other and laughed at Dan Campbell talking about biting kneecaps and things like that. But look, that guy really has this team um, turned around uh, the Jared Goff. That was a huge win for him beating um, the Rams. But OK, the Rams were a very young team. And so, OK, now that, you know, the next round, how do you do? You're going up against a tough defense and Todd Bowles. But I, I find the Bucks to be very intriguing as well because a lot of people didn't give them a chance. But that Bucks, uh, that Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield marriage has been perfect because they needed each other. Um, Bowles needed a guy to provide stability and get them, um, keep them competitive to kind of save his jobs. Baker Mayfield needed a team to give him an opportunity to salvage his career. So um, that's going to be an interesting game right there. But of course, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Those two guys showing off with the uh, facing off once again, this time in Buffalo, though. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see just these two young quarterbacks going at it with each other. Um, you know, Josh Allen's just so he reminds me a lot of Brett Favre and the way that he can throw an amazing touchdown pass one play and then throw the dumbest interception ever the next. And so is he going to shoot himself in the foot or is he going to be the hero? 
Is Patrick Mahomes going to be able to get enough out of these young, you know, wide receivers? Uh, that one right here is, you know, going to be a real treat. So those are the two games that, that to me, have the most intrigue. It's funny, I talked about this last hour, but I, I actually think the game you're going to, one of the really cool stories is just the Todd Bowles story. And I'm rooting so hard for him. I think he's been so under-discussed and underrated as a defensive mind for a long time. And he didn't have success in New York because they never had a quarterback for him. Yeah, uh, but right. those defenses were good with him as the head coach in New York. Right, right. And and look what they did. Okay, look, I know the Eagles haven't been right the whole second half of the season, but they did exactly what they had to do. They took away the run. They forced them to be one-dimensional, and they put pressure. They kept the pressure on Jalen Hurts um, and didn't let them hurt him with their legs either. I, I was talking to a number of players after the game. I said, you know, Todd Bowles under a lot of scrutiny, but what, what is it about him that you guys value so much that maybe we don't see? And they just talked about, you know, his, his defensive mind, the way he's able to pinpoint um, a team's strength and, and try to force them into their weakness, but also the way he leads and that, look, he cracks jokes. We don't see a lot of personality from him, uh, but the guys respect that he, you know, he's got a good sense of humor, but he also will really tell you the cold, hard truth and really kind of use that as motivation. Like, look, if you don't take care of this area right here, this is what's going to happen to you. And guys, you know, want to fall in line. They want to play hard for him. Um, and so, yeah, last year uh, they, they, they underachieved in his first year, but he also didn't have his whole staff. He kind of everything was thrown together quickly. And this year it's been a gradual build. They got hot at the right time, won their division got a playoff win, so I'm happy for him as well, and I'm intrigued to see if they can keep this thing rolling. All right. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, as always. I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, man. Thank you. Yep. Uh, Mike Jones at by Mike Jones on X Twitter. Josh Edwards from CBS Sports. We'll talk some NFL draft with him next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're months away, um, but it will be a, a big decision for Adam Peters to make. Uh, head coach first and then what to do with number two when we get to the end of April. Uh, next. Uh, there will be a lot before then. Franchise tag possibilities, free agency for sure. And who knows, we might have the answer to what they do at number two with 
whatever they do during free agency or a potential trade uh, between now and then. Um, But covering the draft and covering a lot more, covering the NFL in general for CBS Sports, is Josh Edwards, who joins us right now, courtesy of our BetQL uh, guest hotline. Uh, Bet um, smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. You can follow Josh on Twitter, on X, at Edwards CBS. So right now, on January 17th, Washington holding the number two overall pick. Who do you see them selecting? Let's not bury the lead. Yeah, I think you have to say it's probably going to be either Drake May or Caleb Williams, whichever team or whichever player does not go number one overall. Um, and in this case, I tend to think that Chicago is probably going to stay put at number one overall and take Caleb Williams. I just don't think them moving on from an offensive coordinator at this point suggests that they're going to continue with business as usual right. in the Windy City. Yeah. Um, so to me, I think they're probably going to take a quarterback which means Washington is sitting there in all likelihood going to take whichever quarterback is still available because when you have a new head coach, a new general manager, we always talk about those people, that leadership, looking for their own quarterback. So rather than moving forward with a player picked by the previous regime, uh, now you have a chance to start with a fresh slate, and I think that's exactly what uh, Adam Peters will probably do with the number two overall pick. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I just had uh, my good friend Mike Jones from The Athletic on, and he said don't necessarily think that the firing of Getze and the quarterback coach means that they're moving on from fields. It could be that they felt like that was the issue. I'm with you, though. Uh, Putting him into a new system once again just seems like not ideal. To me, it's an indication they're going to move on. Uh, if you're right and if I'm right and Chicago stays at one and takes Caleb Williams first, where do you think Fields ends up? I think that's a good question. When you look at the teams that are probably going to be in the mix for a quarterback this offseason, Denver is a team that has to be in the mix because of what has gone on with Russell Wilson. Minnesota, what are they going to do with Kirk Cousins? We've had a few offseasons now where it's been said that they could move on from him. Uh, Pittsburgh, I don't think that they are going to go into the 2024 season with their current situation. So there are a lot of teams that are probably leaning more towards approaching a veteran option as opposed to running it back with a rookie quarterback. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, they have done the rookie quarterback thing with Kenny Pickett. It didn't work out. They've got a roster that is getting a little bit older. They probably feel like they can contend right now if you have the right quarterback. So I see them being in the mix for a veteran, maybe like Justin Fields, maybe Kirk Cousins, someone of that nature. Uh, New England is another team. I mean, there's a number of teams that once you get past the early part of the draft where a team is incapable of taking a rookie quarterback, uh, then you have to look at that next tier of of teams that uh, could possibly take one in the middle of the draft. You know, the Vikings – Uh, Are in that equation, the Seahawks possibly, are they going to move on from Geno Smith? Uh, There's there's so many teams that are going to be in the quarterback market, and there's probably a few that we don't even know about yet. Yeah, I think you're bringing up something that we haven't spent a lot of time talking about here because I think people are excited and they are certainly assuming 
that at number two overall with that you know position in the draft, I mean there was a lot of cheering around here when Greg Zerline made the kick you know on Christmas Eve to beat Washington to keep them in the hopes of top two or top three. They, they end up getting top two, but you know who knows what Adam Peters will think. And I think you nailed it right. The two non-draftable quarterbacks here that may or may not be available would be in some order fields and cousins after that they're they're just the the pickings are pretty slim right in terms of potential other quarterbacks outside of the draft that may be available one by yeah, trade wilson yeah russell wilson could be in that camp but yeah, then you're true. looking at that second tier of quarterbacks like jacoby Brissett, the case keenums of the world guys that are not really going to move the needle and have already been giving it a chance to earn a starting role to this point in their career. So I, I, I think once you get past those first few options, there's going to be a lot of teams that look at their current situation and say, hey, I'm not sure that the options available to us are any better than what we already have on the roster. So I think that's where you're going to see a little bit of jockeying this offseason with teams really trying to make a move and be aggressive to secure one of those quarterbacks that can potentially move uh, the needle for your franchise. Yeah, I I think actually that's what Minnesota will end up deciding. I don't know how you feel, but I think the Vikings are going to decide after what they witnessed after he got hurt that keeping him uh, is probably – we refer to him around here as you-know-who because he was a very polarizing figure (laughs) in D.C., Josh. Um, But you-know-who's going to end up staying in Minnesota. That's my prediction. What's yours? I think that there is a good chance of that happening at this point. Um, Pittsburgh would probably be the other team that I look for just because he has shown a level of consistency throughout his career that has to be appealing to a team that really even in the latter years of Ben Ben Roethlisberger's career, they were not getting that consistent level of play at the quarterback position. Uh, You look at the pass rush that they have, the running game that they have, uh, they've got a few talented wide receivers. The pieces are there for Pittsburgh to – make some noise in the NFC or the AFC and beyond. So I think adding a player like Cousins could be uh, attractive for them this offseason. But right, I do we're talking think to Minnesota's Josh, a heavy favorite. Yeah, ta- we're talking to Josh Edwards from CBS Sports. So how you've got Caleb Williams going one, and you think Drake may, you know, of the two, if he's available, Washington would take him at number two. I'm curious as to how you have all the quarterbacks ranked. Go ahead. So for me, Caleb Williams is a tier a little bit above the others. Drake May, he has more athletic potential um, than probably any other quarterback in this draft class because of his arm strength and what he's capable of doing down the field. Um, the decision-making is a little bit of a concern with for me at times. He just kind of throws it up there and hopes that uh, his guy is going to go make a play, which is totally fine if you've got somebody down there like uh, Terry McLaurin that's going to be able to come down with some of those. But uh, he's in that second tier as well as Jaden Daniels, his dual threat capabilities. I think those are the next two for me. And then there's a little bit of a gap with uh, Michigan's J.J. McCarthy, who I think still has his best football ahead of him, but was really operating in a system at Michigan that did not allow him to kind of show his full potential uh, passing the ball downfield. How many go in the first round? I think four go in the first round. So, uh, so will so you got McCarthy as a fourth in in the first round? Correct. Yeah, and then you're talking about Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, Bo Nix from Oregon. Maybe one of those guys gets in there, but I think you're probably looking at those four being the the most solidified at this point in time. 
for those that are wondering, is Marvin Harrison Jr. the, the flat-out best player in this draft? To me, he is because he has the fewest warts of any of these prospects. He has the size. He has the speed. He has the body control down the field. Just a really exceptional talent um, at the wide receiver position that we have not seen for quite some time. You, you go back to those A.J. Green years, the Julio Jones years, um, you know, when you had talent like that coming into the draft. I think he's in that same conversation, that Larry Fitzgerald conversation, um, you know, the Calvin Johnson conversation that we – have not had in a little while now. I think he's the top wide receiver prospect. And then for me, Malik Neighbors from LSU is the second second wide receiver prospect in this class. And there's a little bit of a gap between that next tier for me, just because of Neighbors and Harrison, what they're able to do as far as contorting their body downfield, making catches above the rim. I think that's what separates them from the others in this draft class. Do you have Odunze third? Adunze is third for me. The gap is a little bit more narrow there with Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU, Keon Coleman from Florida State. There's some really talented wide receivers in this draft class, and I think that's a conversation that a lot of teams are going to be having because if you are looking at a couple of positions early in the draft, say an edge rusher and a wide receiver, if you think that you can get a wide receiver uh, that is very talented on day two, you're more inclined to take that edge rusher who – there's probably fewer options that actually move the needle and impact the game at the edge rusher position the way that you may be able to find a wide receiver on day two. So I think that's the conversation that a lot of teams will be having because there's a lot of depth at the wide receiver position in this draft class. There really is. Um, How do you rank the two tackles, Fashanu and Alt, and uh, whomever you have as number one, why do you have them as number one? I give Alt an edge to this point because I think he's a little bit more well-rounded. Uh, Fashanu, he's, he's, he's got a higher ceiling, and he's still an incredibly young prospect that is still growing and you know figuring out how to win at the point of contact. I think he's somebody that could ultimately be that player. Uh, Amarius Mims from Georgia is another one that I think could ultimately become the top tackle prospect from this class. But as we sit here in early January, mid-January, Joe Alt, to me, is the most well-rounded offensive tackle prospect in this draft class. How high could Brock Bowers get drafted, the tight end from Georgia? I think there's a possibility he goes top five. I think you're looking at the Chargers, you're looking at the Giants, a couple of teams that are looking to make a splash, bring in a pass catcher that's going to make a difference for your football team. Um, Obviously, New York has... Darren Waller, but they could theoretically move on from that contract or even just ride it out with the two of them for this coming season, do a couple more, um, you know, two tight end sets, give more looks in that way. But I think those are the two teams that I'm really looking at in the top 10. Um, Tennessee there at number seven, you try to give Will Levis another option in the past game. That that part of the, the top 10 is really where I'm looking right now uh, because of what he's able to bring to any team's uh, pass game. He, he's just a difference maker down the field with the way that he adjusts mid-catch, the way that um, he's aggressive going to get the football, just really elusive after the catch. Uh, just a really talented tight end prospect in this draft class. Alright, lastly and for for any reason, give me you know a guy that you think right now isn't you know in most top 15s, top 20s that will rise to that level and maybe a guy that will fall for whatever reason. I mean, Jalen Carter fell last year because of 
I, I'm not talking about things that you can't predict, obviously. Um, but just right. give me somebody who you think will end up falling and somebody who will end up rising significantly. Well, Byron Murphy, the interior defensive lineman from Texas, is one that we've kind of seen rising a little bit more. Um, Eric Galco is the Shrine Bowl director, um, somebody that was on the With the First Pick podcast, CBS Sports' NFL Draft podcast last week, and he thinks that he's a top 10, top 15 type talent in this draft class, and you really haven't seen him in first-round mocks to this point. I think that's going to change now and in the future uh, very quickly, but he's one that I could see rising in this draft class. As far as somebody that could fall a little bit, I I think it – Keon Coleman from Florida State is somebody that could be available a little bit later in the process than people expected just because of all that other talent at the wide receiver position that could theoretically jump in front of him. You mentioned Roma Dunze. We've talked about Malik Neighbors, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Brian Thomas from LSU. You've got the uh, Texas kids, Xavier Worthy, Adane Mitchell, uh, Troy Franklin from um, from Oregon, Jalen Polk from Washington. There's a number of wide receivers in this draft class to where I could see him being pushed down the board a little bit in that regard, but it doesn't necessarily reflect on the the talent that is present when you watch him on film. Really good job, Josh. Really appreciate the time. At EdwardCBS on Twitter. Uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to talk before the draft. Thanks. Absolutely. Anytime. I just want to let you know right now that with the cold weather, and it's bitter cold out there today, it will be through the weekend. More snow headed here on Friday. Uh, They're talking about a very cold end of the month into February after maybe a brief respite. If you've got older windows, you are paying much higher heating bills than you should be. Uh, consider Window Nation for new windows. Right now they've got a great deal going. 0% interest rates for five years plus 50% off any window style right now available at Window Nation. Now is the time to protect your family from the elements. Lower your energy costs and upgrade the look and feel of your home. And you should do it with Window Nation. When you call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com, mention my name, you'll get a free estimate so you've got nothing to risk up front. Get the estimate, shop it if you want. I don't think you'll find a better company or a better product and certainly not a better deal right now. Window Nation has over 20 years of being top five window retailer in America. All of their installers have 16 years of experience with over 20,000 windows installed. I trusted them into my home. You can do the same. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. What Adam Peters said about the NFL draft versus free agency next. Caps get a big win last night, 2-0 over the Anaheim Ducks. Tom Wilson sealed it with an empty netter, his 12th goal of the season. The Atlanta Falcons announced they have completed an interview with Jim Harbaugh. So add him and Bill Belichick to the list of coaches that are interviewed for the vacant Atlanta job. Chirps in action tonight. They're on the road against Northwestern. Game tips at 9 pregame right here on the Team 980 at 8.30. And that's what's trending. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. So Adam Peters was asked uh, yesterday uh, about how to you know build out a roster um, and how he values building a team uh, through free agency versus the draft. Here's what he said. I find this a very similar situation from when we got to San Francisco in 2017. Uh, a lot of great similarities, so I have a lot to lean on from that experience, both things we did well and things we didn't. But ultimately, we were going to build through the draft here and supplement through free agency. We're going to be very process-driven and diligent in who in who we select in free agency, but we're going to build through the draft here. You know, I think that that's something that most of you want to hear. Um, but the reality is, uh, you know, there are minimums in salaries, and Washington has a lot of salary cap space as of now, you know, north of $80 million, depending on which, you know, particular salary cap tracker you use. I use SpotRack. Washington right now, cap space available, number one in the league with $84 million plus projected in 2024. Um I wouldn't be surprised in this first year, given that you do have a roster that's limited right now. You've got a lot of holes. You do have a lot of draft choices. I'm not saying that they're going to try to put together a contender you know, right away, although there is an opportunity to improve this team significantly in one offseason. Um, but you got to get to that minimum threshold of – of what uh, the minimum threshold is for the percentage of the salary cap, which is 90% of the salary cap has to be contra- you know, contracted for. So Washington's going to have to do some spending here. You know, whether it's signing their own, some players who are free agents uh, that they may want to keep, you know, Cameron Curl comes to mind, Kendall Fuller as a possibility, who knows. Um, but there are also a lot of free agents out there that people are going to be looking at. Washington, you know, needs a pass rusher right now off the edge. Josh Allen's 26 years old in Jacksonville. He's going to be one of the top free agent targets in this offseason. Uh, Brian Burns, the same thing. He's only 25 years old as an edge rusher. This is where potentially Washington could be busy in free agency even in this first year. You can't just keep all of that cap space and say, "Oh, we'll we'll double it and have, you know, we won't pay, we'll pay minimum salaries to people and have a bunch of undrafted free agents along with the players that we draft on the roster." There's a minimum threshold you've got to get to and it's going to be an interesting free agency market specifically as it relates to edge rushers. Allen Burns, Daniil Hunter. I think they're going to be more active in free agency out of necessity. Foster holes and trying to meet that minimum threshold of salary cap uh, because they have the cap. Thank you, by the way, Ron Rivera, for that. That's one thing we can thank him for is all of these available dollars in free agency salary cap space 
uh, to spend. And again, I would expect that some of that will be spent on some of their own players, potentially even extending a couple of their own players. But there could also be the trading of a couple of their own players or releasing of a couple of their own players, which may free up more space. This is going to be a fun offseason upcoming. Uh, There were two other things from the Adam Peters press conference that we have not played this morning that I wanted to play, um, and we will do that. One of them deals with quarterback uh, when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and theteam980.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.